Bibles, turn me please over to the book of Exodus chapter number 33. Exodus chapter number 33. Great job on that offertory. Alyssa, uh, great job. Amen. I love to see these children learning to play these instruments and get up and, and uh, practice on us and use their abilities and their talents for the Lord. I started playing the piano as a little boy and I didn't, I didn't get to read music. I didn't learn to read music. I played by ear. Played by ear. I just picked up on it and um, started picking around when I was probably uh, 10 or 11 or whatever, 12 or so. And I think when I was about 15, uh, I was playing in the church, playing the piano in the church, and um, started taking piano lessons. We took piano lessons. I'll never forget it as long as I live. I know y'all want to hear this story. My, my piano player was about this big around. He was a Presbyterian church organist. His name was Norm Nutter. And he would waddle in the door and sit down and he would play the tune. I remember, I think the first one was the old gray mare. She's not what she used to be. <laughs> and I learned all the notes, the all, all cows eat grass and cars eat gas or whatever. And good boy does fine or something like that. And uh, he would play the song. Okay, this is the song we're going to learn. And he would play it. And, and I'd look at the dots and I would play it. And he thought I was reading the music, but I was playing it by ear. And I faked him out for a full year till we got to the Hungarian Nutcracker number five. <laughs> he said, this is the one we're going to learn today. And he said, okay, your turn. And I said, can you do that again? He said, just read the music. I said, uh, about that. <laughs> yeah, and that's when he realized that I was faking it. I remember I played my recital. It was at the, the Episcopalian church. On a, <laughs> and uh, he got me up there to play the Hungarian Nutcracker number five. It took me three months to memorize it. And I played it. And when I got finished, I, I did my little bow and they clapped. And he said, Stacy, before you get down... I want you to play How Great Thou Art by ear. He said, church, I had nothing to do with this. And I tore off on How Great Thou Art. Got a standing ovation. I said, you know what? You can have these piano lessons. Just forget it. I could play by ear before I could play by music. And it messed me up. So I said all that to say this. What was I saying? <laughs> I'm glad these kids are learning to read music is what I'm saying. All right. And so uh, I play, I can't read any music at all. I know y'all probably don't believe that, but I can't. I wish I could. Uh, all I just see is all these little dots. It looks like a bunch of little dots crawling through a barbed wire fence to me is what it looks like. I can't read a lick of it, but I'm proud of these kids learning. Stay with it. Stay with it. God will use you. Amen. Are you in Exodus 33 yet? Let's stand and, and we'll read our text. Uh, this might be quick, might be long. I don't know. Uh, Lord, I woke up this morning early with this thought on my mind and I uh, couldn't get away from it. And I had the message from Sunday that I didn't preach, that God changed my message. I had that one thinking that might be what I preached tonight, but God changed. And so this is what we're going to try to do tonight, try to mind the Lord. Exodus 33 uh, is going to be our springboard. We're going to look at several other places throughout the course of the message. But in Exodus 33, the Bible says in verse 7, Moses took the temple, tabernacle rather, and pitched it without the camp, afar off from the camp. 
and called it the tabernacle of the congregation. It came to pass that every one which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. If they wanted to go to the tabernacle, they had to leave camp and they had to go out there to it. Not sure exactly how far it was, but it was outside of the camp, without the camp. Verse 8, and it came to pass when Moses went out under the tabernacle that all the people rose up and stood every man at his tent door and looked after Moses until he was gone into the tabernacle. And it came to pass as Moses entered into the tabernacle and the cloudy pillar descended and stood at the door of the tabernacle and the Lord talked with Moses. And all the people saw the cloudy pillar stand at the tabernacle door and all the people rose up and worshiped every man in his tent door. And the Lord spake unto Moses face to face as a man speaketh unto his friend. And he turned again into the camp, but his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, departed not out of the tabernacle. Lord, bless us now, I pray. As we open the hearts, our hearts to the scriptures, may you bless the preaching of your word tonight in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for standing. You can be seated. So this message has been on my heart. As I said, I woke up early this morning with this thought on my heart as we're coming up on our Jubilee, which by the way, we were only going to do one of those. We were going to have one big Jubilee last year and then that, that's, that's all I intended to do. But uh, y'all really enjoyed it. I enjoyed it. We saw God do great things and so many of you said, Preacher, can we do this again next year? I said, you ain't got to twist my arm to have good preaching. Amen. You hadn't got to talk me into it. If y'all will be here, we'll do it. So we put it on the calendar and it's coming up. Can you believe it? It'll be here Sunday morning. We got preachers driving in on Monday. Some will be here for the weekend. Some will be here on Sunday. You get to hear some great preachers on Sunday. And then uh, Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday, some of the greatest preacher friends that I have will be driving in to preach to our people, you, here at our church. And this was my thought. We're going to have amazing services. We're going to have amazing messages. I don't want anybody to miss it. I don't want anybody to miss a single service. And I woke up this morning with this thought on my heart, and this is the title of my message, What You Miss When You Miss. What you miss when you miss the service. The truth of the matter is, many times you will never know what you miss. And here's why I say that. Because God won't always let you know what you missed because sometimes what you missed was only for you. You won't get to have somebody say, oh, this is what you missed because it wasn't for them and so they don't know about it. God had it for you and you wasn't here. And so you missed it. And you'll never know what you missed because it was for you. God had it. How many of y'all believe that when you come to church, God has something special for you? Okay. I just want to make sure that we had to start it out on the right foot here. Because when I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about these examples in the scripture that I'm going to give you tonight, and the Bible's filled with many more that we could give you, but God did amazing things at amazing times, and all of it was done in the house of God, and these people that we're going to look at tonight didn't miss it. Here's the crazy thing. Without exception, none of them knew before they went that it was going to happen when they got there. The only thing that was scheduled was the service. What God did in the service was not on the schedule. 
And if they had not been there, they would have missed it. And the reason they didn't miss it is because they were where they're supposed to be when God did what he did. Stay with me now. Because God does things on his own timetable. And I have yet to get an email from God saying, you really need to be at church tonight because I've got a message just for you. I have never had that happen. But I can't tell you how many times because I was in church, God did something. And because I did my part, he did his part, something amazing happened. So I'm just going to give you a list tonight, a couple of places in the scripture. Keep your Bibles open and we're going to turn to several places and we're going to look at some examples of some people that were in the house of God and did not miss what God had for them because they didn't miss. Number one, in our text here tonight, we see that in, in Exodus 33, that when you, when you miss, what you miss when you miss, you might miss hearing the voice of God. You might miss hearing the voice of God. We don't think, I don't think that every time Moses went into the tabernacle, God talked to him like he did right here. But on this particular time, he did. And the Bible says that the tabernacle was without the camp. So it was a little bit of a walk, a little bit of a trip, depending on where you lived in the camp. If you lived on the edge of the camp and you happened to live close to it at this time, it probably wasn't that far. But if you lived in the middle or on the other side, that was a long way to walk. Moses walked out to the tabernacle. The Bible says at the end of verse seven, it came to pass that everyone which sought the Lord went out unto the tabernacle of the congregation, which was without the camp. That's what it says in these verses. So the Bible tells us that Moses went out unto the tabernacle and all the people in verse eight rose up and stood every man at his tent door. There's two doors in this story. In verse number eight is the door of the tents of the people. In verse number nine, there's the door of the tabernacle. Moses entered into the tabernacle. And by the way, we didn't know this till end of verse number 11. Joshua also was there, the son of Nun. I can't find where Joshua was given an invitation. I can't find where uh, Moses said, Joshua, come go with me. The Bible says that anybody that wanted to go to the tabernacle in verse number seven could go. They just had to walk out there. Is that what the Bible says? So that's where Moses was. That's where Joshua was. All the rest of the people is standing at the door of their tent. Now they can see Moses walking to the tabernacle. They can see that. They can see the cloud parked outside the door of the tabernacle. What they don't get to experience was the voice inside the tabernacle as God spoke to Moses as a man talks to his friend. Moses got to hear God's voice because he was inside the tabernacle. And Joshua got to hear it too. I'm confident of that. I don't believe for one second that God is talking to Moses in verse number 11 in a whisper. I don't believe he's got his hand up to his ear and he's talking to him in a whisper. I believe God is talking with him. The Bible says, as a man speaketh unto his friend. He's, he's talking to him in a verbal and an audible voice and Moses heard it and I believe Joshua heard it. What am I saying? I'm saying all the rest of the people missed it. They missed hearing the voice of God because they wasn't inside the tabernacle. What am I saying? 
I'm saying I don't have to convince you that I believe with all of my heart that God speaks to you and he speaks to me when we're in this place. He speaks to us during the singing. He speaks to us during the preaching. He speaks to us during the prayer time. He speaks to me when I walk in the door. And you don't, you don't, you don't have to, I don't have to convince you that God speaks. The problem is if you miss the service, you miss God speaking. Is everybody still with me? I don't know about you, but I don't want to miss one thing he's got to say. We're not talking about extra biblical revelation here. All right, God's, God's not giving any more revelation. We never have anybody come up and give us a word of knowledge of extra biblical word that you got from God, but God does speak to us. God does communicate with us. And I heard a preacher say this one time. He said, I've never heard God speak in an audible voice. He said, he talks to me much louder than that. Ain't that the truth? God can talk to us anywhere, and he does. But he talks to us in a different way here. And because they didn't, because they were in the, the house of God, they were able to hear the voice of God. And all I'm saying is this, when you miss, look what you miss out on what God might want to say to you, what God might want to tell you, what God might want to point out to you, even through the preaching of the word of God. I don't know how many times I have sat in church and the preacher be preaching about one thing and he's going through the verses and the Holy Spirit of God will take a verse that he's not even preaching about and just it jumps off the page at me and God's preaching to me in a verse that the preacher's not even preaching about. Please tell me that I'm not the only one that ever happens to. I get some of the greatest seed thoughts from messages when I'm sitting in the church listening to somebody preach. A lot of times when I'm sitting up here and the preacher's preaching and I'm scribbling in my notes, some of y'all thinking, I'm writing down the outline. What good is that going to do me? I can't preach it. He just preached it. You know, a lot of times when I'm scribbling down, when the preacher's preaching, stuff that God's talking to me about that the preacher ain't even talking about. Or he may touch on it and then go on and something inside of me goes, hang on just a second. There's some good stuff in that right there. And I'll write myself a note. Go back and look at this word. Go back and look at this verse. What happens? God's talking. And if I missed it, the service, I'd have missed the voice of God. Turn with me, if you would, to 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. 2 Chronicles chapter number 7. We're going to use our Bibles tonight if that's all right with you. In 2 Chronicles chapter number 7, something amazing happens in the house of God. 2 Chronicles 7 and verse number 1. Now when Solomon had made an end of praying, the fire came down from heaven and consumed the burnt offerings and the sacrifices, and the glory of the Lord filled the house. And the priest could not enter into the house of the Lord because the glory of the Lord had filled the Lord's house. And when all the children of Israel saw how the fire came down and the glory of the Lord upon the house, they bowed themselves with their faces to the ground upon the pavement and worshiped and praised the Lord saying, for he's good, for his mercy endureth forever. Number two, you might miss seeing the glory of God if you miss the service. You just might miss God showing up in an unbelievable way in the service. Now, some of you maybe have never been in a service where God did that. And fire's not going to fall. If fire falls down, I'm out of here. Okay? If fire comes down in here, I'm going out one of these doors. We're not talking about what happened in this story happening today. But what we are talking about is an unusual manifestation of the presence of God in the service. 
where God shows up and he's so real that all you can think about is him, all you can see is him, all you can sense is him, and his presence is so real, it's almost like you can reach out and touch it. Or you don't know in advance when that's going to happen. I'm the pastor and I don't get the memo. But I'm going to tell you something, it happens. And know what? When people miss the service, they miss seeing the glory of God. They miss that, that, that overwhelming presence of God where it's like God just comes down literally in the mist and just literally hovers and where he reaches out and he hugs you and you can almost feel his breath on your neck. They miss that when they miss the service and you can't describe it. You can't call them up and say, hey, you missed it. Well, tell me what it was like. And, and, and then do a play-by-play over the phone. That's not how it works. That's one of the things that if you missed it, you missed it. You absolutely missed it. And I don't know what God might do. I know this. We were sitting around this morning talking about some of the messages that were preached last year in the Jubilee. And I'm telling you what, we had some unbelievable services. I'm going to be honest with you. I wasn't exactly sure what kind of services we were going to have because many of you had told me, preacher, I've never even been to a Jubilee. I've never been to a camp meeting. I don't even know what this is like. And I thought to myself, well, it might be a little bit different for some people. And y'all might just be kind of sitting there watching. But man, when the preacher started preaching, y'all got behind the preacher and he had liberty and God started moving and the word of God came alive. And we had some unbelievable services. We had some amazing morning services. Our school was in here to be a part of it. We had visitors here. I mean, we watch God do things and you try to explain it to somebody and say, well, I was going to try to get over there, but it's had some things come up. What happened? You just look at them and say, I feel sorry for you. You missed it. You missed it. So I'm preaching this message tonight, hoping that next week you don't miss it. Because you might miss seeing the glory of God. We've got men coming that walk with God. We've got preachers coming that walk with God. They've got the touch of God on them. You know that the minute they stand in the pulpit and they, and they read their text, you can sense that these men walk with God. They're not hirelings. Several of the preachers we got coming in have already retired from the pastorate. They've got 30, 40 years of pastoring under their belt. And now they've turned their church over to a younger preacher. And now they're just traveling around as the Lord opens doors and they're preaching. And these men have stood faithful. These men and their wives, many of them bringing their wives with them, godly people. I'm talking about sanctified people that know how to get a hold of God. They will get up in the pulpit and open the word of God. You will have the privilege to hear the word of God preached in the anointing and the power of the Holy Spirit of God. It'd take, it'd take a whole bunch of mules to drag me away from being in that. Because God might show up. He might just show up. And if he does, you're not going to know it before. Where you can change your plans. Oh, I didn't know that was going to happen. I'm going to make sure I go today. You don't know. You don't know till it's happening. They didn't know that was going to happen. That wasn't on the schedule. I'm 100% positive. None of them got an email saying fire's going to fall at church today. God does what he wants to when he wants to. It's his house, amen. He can do what he wants to. Look at 1 Samuel chapter number one. 1 Samuel chapter number one. Look at what the Bible says. Uh, we got another story over here. Words all over the place. This is a story of Hannah. Story of Hannah in 1 Samuel chapter number one. The Bible tells us that this woman had uh, her, her womb was closed up or shut up. She had no children in verse number two. 
The Bible says that God had shut up her womb in verse number five. The Lord had shut up her womb. That's what the Bible says. It says it again in verse number six. Her adversary provoked her because the Lord had shut up her womb. Look at verse number seven. And as she did so year by year, when she went up to the house of the Lord, so she provoked her, therefore she wept and did not eat. The Bible says in verse number nine, so Hannah rose up after she had eaten in Shiloh and after they had drunk. Now Eli the priest sat upon a seat by a post of the temple of the Lord. So this is, we know that this she's praying inside the temple because Eli the priest is sitting there watching her in verse number 10. She was in bitterness of soul and prayed unto the Lord and wept sore. And thou to vow, said, O Lord of hosts, if thou wilt indeed look on the affliction of thine handmaid and remember me and not forget thine handmaid, but will give unto thine handmaid a man child, then I will give him unto the Lord all the days of his life, and there shall no razor come upon his head. It came to pass as she continued praying before the Lord that Eli marked her mouth. Now, Hannah, she spake in her heart, only her lips moved, but her heart was uh, not, her voice was not heard. Therefore, Eli thought she was, had been drunken. Eli said, How long wilt thou? Be drunken, put away thy wine from thee. And Hannah answered and said, No, my Lord, I'm a woman of a sorrowful spirit. I've neither drunk wine nor strong drink, but have poured out my soul before the Lord. Count not thine handmaid for a daughter of Belial, for out of the abundance of my complaint and grief have I spoken hitherto. Then Eli answered, verse 17, and said, Go in peace, and the Lord, a God of Israel, grant thee thy petition that thou hast asked of him. Number three, uh, when you miss... The house of God, what you might miss is getting an answer from God Amen. over something you've been praying about for a long time. Guess where God answered her prayer? At the house of God. You can't argue that. And I don't think this is the first time she had prayed. I don't think this was the first time she had prayed. But this day, she's praying. She's pouring out her soul. She's bitter. She's hurting. She's in anguish over the fact that she cannot give her husband a son. And she's down at the house of God praying. And she's praying so fervently. And she's only moving her lips. But she's pouring out her soul to God. So much so that Eli, looking at her, thought she was drunk. Because what she was doing was out of character for the average person. She said, I'm just praying for a son. You know what he's saying? You're going to get one. Look what she'd have missed. If she'd have missed. Huh? God gave her an answer. Are you ready? God gave her an answer to her prayer through somebody else that was also in the temple. Mm. That's how God works. That's how God works. She could have prayed at home, and I'm sure she did. But this prayer was answered on this day because she was where she was supposed to be. I can't think of that. I can't even recall how many prayers God has answered in my life in the house of God. Praying for direction. Praying for answers. Go to church and you're just seeking. Lord, I need something. I need an answer. I need some direction. And through a testimony or a song or a message or just the Holy Spirit coming by, giving you a perfect peace, perfect answer. Look what you'd have missed if you missed. 
Are y'all getting this tonight? Turn with me, if you would, over to Psalm 73. Psalm 73. I'm, I'm hitting these as quick as I can. Psalm chapter number 73. I love this passage of scripture. I've preached from it several times. Psalm of Asaph. But the Bible tells us in Psalm 73, in verse number two, he says, as for me, my feet were almost gone. My steps had well nigh slipped. He's on treacherous ground. Spiritually, he's on, he's on unstable, dangerous ground. We're talking about spiritually. I believe that's what he's talking about in verse number two. I don't believe he's walking around outside on ice. He's talking about spiritually. My feet is almost gone. My steps were almost gone. I was this close to falling out of the will of God. I was this close to getting at odds with God. I was this close to getting bitter with God over the fact that the envious, the prosper of the wicked and the envious are the foolishness of the, I was envious at the foolish when I saw the prosperity of the wicked. And he was, he was struggling spiritually with this. You get down to verse number 16. When I thought to know this, it was too painful for me until I went into the sanctuary of God. Then understood I their end. Number four, you might miss receiving understanding from God about something that can salvage your spiritual walk with God. I'm talking about he was this close he was this close. He said, my, my, my feet were almost gone. I looked around and saw all these wicked people prospering. And I saw God's people struggling. And it about messed me up. He said, I, I was struggling. Until I went to the house of God. And God helped me get my mind right. God helped me get my heart right. God gave me understanding at the sanctuary of God. Is everybody still with me? I can say this, he was struggling, but he had enough sense to go to the sanctuary of God. Boy, a lot of people make the mistake when they're struggling, they get out of church. I stress this over and over in my ministry. When you're struggling, you need to go to church more. Go early, stay longer. If you're struggling spiritually, don't cut church out. Don't push God away. He's struggling. I mean, he's on the verge in verse number two. He's on the verge of completely backsliding on God, but he had enough wisdom, enough sense to go to the house of God. And when he came into the sanctuary, God opened up his understanding and allowed him to get a fresh perspective on things. If he had stayed home from church, according to his own words, his steps would have well nigh slipped. His feet would have been gone. But because he didn't miss the service, he didn't miss out on what God had for him. I've come to church many times and God had to change the way I thought, thought about things. God had to change the way I looked at things. Anybody else have, have that? I've come to church and had this, had this mindset. And at church, God's like, it's like he flipped a switch and changed everything. It looked completely different. The church has saved my life. I have come to church as a pastor thinking, okay, 
I'm going to drop the hammer on this person. I've been patient. I've been patient. I've been patient. I'm done. And go to church and the Holy Spirit of God say, no, don't do that. And the flip side of that's happened too. I've gone to church and said, I'm going to give them a little bit more time. And the Holy Spirit of God say, no, you need to bring them in and have a conversation with them. God did that in the house of God. There have been things, they're not looking at me funny. God God will change your mind about things. God will open up your understanding. If you're here, if you're here, because you don't know what you miss when you miss. Luke chapter number two. Look at Luke chapter number two. This is another awesome story. So Jesus was born in Bethlehem, the nativity story in the first part of Luke 2. But we're going to look at verse 25. And behold, there was a man in Jerusalem whose name was Simeon. And the same man was just and devout, waiting for the consolation of Israel, and the Holy Ghost was upon him. And it was revealed unto him by the Holy Ghost that he should not see death before he had seen the Lord's Christ. And it came to pass by the Spirit into the... He, he came by the Spirit into the temple. And when the parents brought in the child Jesus to do for him after the custom of the law, then he took him up in his arms and blessed God and said, Lord, thou let us, now let us thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Number five, you might miss experiencing the promise from God if you miss the service. This has been on me all day. God had already promised him that he would not see death until he had seen the Lord's Christ. But if he had missed going to the temple that day, he would have missed the promise of God. God did his part. God sent the Messiah, the Lord's Christ, right into the temple in verse number 27. It's a good thing Simeon was there too. Or he'd have missed it. God kept his end of the bargain. God did his part. God brought the Christ child right to the temple. Look what he'd have missed out on if he had missed. Being able to take him up in his arms, the Christ child, he knew who he was holding. He knew. This wasn't just a little baby. He knew who he was holding. He knew he was holding the Son of God, the Messiah. He knew it. And he said, Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace according to thy word, for mine eyes have seen thy salvation. Look what he'd have missed if he'd have missed. I wonder how many times we ask God to do something. Stay with me. We ask God to do something big in our life. And we beg him to meet a need. We beg him to do something amazing. We beg him to do something absolutely incredible in our life. And then God coordinates the events to where that can happen. And we're not where we're supposed to be for it to happen. Miss the very service where God might want to fulfill that promise. Miss the very service because you had something more important to do. I'm not talking about if you've got a job and you can't get out of it. I'm talking about just goofing around and taking the house of God for granted and missing 
what God might have. And you will never know what you missed. You won't get a, a bullet point handout at the end of the meeting. These are all the things God could have, would have done for you if you'd have been there. No, you just don't ever know. Right. Let me give you one more. In John chapter number 20, is everybody okay? John chapter number, I, I've said it before. One reason why I'm at church every service is because I'm afraid I'm going to miss something. I'm not joking. If you miss church around here, you do miss something. We got people that won't even know that we just added a couple more hundred dollars to Africa. Brother Leader walked up the hall. He said, Preacher, we made a mistake. We made an administrative mistake. I said, What? He said, We took on these missionaries in Africa in three different countries and we're only sending them a hundred dollars. I said, Well, that ain't good. That ain't gonna work. I'm gonna split split a hundred dollars three ways. He said, we, did, we, we got our wires crossed. I said, we'll just make a memo and we'll tell the church. Get a phone call today from Brother Garraway saying, you think we could take, you think we could, you think we could raise some money? You think we could get on the phone? That's what he said. You think we could get on the phone or the email and contact some more churches? You think we could raise $2,500 if we got on the phone? I said, no. I just did that on purpose and I paused. This awkward silence. No, no, we're not doing that. We're going to give the $2,500. He got real quiet. He said, are you kidding me? I said, no, our people, I know what they're going to want to do if I tell them what the need is. They're going to want to do that. And so we got to do that tonight. And people that wasn't here didn't get to get in on that. And some of it's their money. <laughs> We're spending their money. They don't even know it. Well, once you put it in the plate, it ain't yours no more. Amen. But you get to John chapter number 20. And there's always that one. I don't care how big your church is or how small it is. There's always that one that decides not to come. In this, in this case, his name is Thomas. God just honored him. With letting the whole world know for the rest of eternity that Thomas missed church. But look what he missed when he missed. Verse number 19, when the same day at evening being the first day of the week, when the doors were shut where the disciples were assembled for fear of the Jews, came Jesus and stood in the midst and said unto them, Peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. Then were the disciples glad when they saw the Lord. Then said Jesus unto them, Peace be unto you as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. And when he had said this, he breathed on them and said unto them, Receive ye the Holy Ghost. Whosoever sins ye remit, they are remitted unto them. And whosoever, uh, whosoever sins ye retain, they are retained. But Thomas, one of the twelve called Didymus, was not with them when Jesus came. Write this down, number six, you might miss witnessing the confirmations of God if you miss. You could preach a whole message on all the stuff he missed. I don't have the time to preach to you all the things that he missed out on. They're scared out of their minds. This is after the crucifixion. They're in the upper room and they've got the doors shut. They're, fear, they're afraid. They're fearful of the Jews. Afraid that Jews are going to come after them. They've already killed 
arrested, trumped up charges, falsely accused their Lord and master and hung him on a cross like a common thief. They're afraid he's gonna come after them now. And they're in the upper room. And Jesus came and stood in the midst and said unto them, peace be unto you. And when he had so said, he showed unto them his hands and his side. And when they saw that, they were glad. Thomas, on the other hand, was not there. And in verse 25, after church, they all jumped on Facebook and they messaged him. (laughs) They said, you missed it. The other disciples therefore said unto him, we've seen the Lord. But he said to them, except I shall see in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and thrust my hand to his side, I will not believe. Well, they had seen that. He just showed them. But he wasn't there. He missed the confirmation that Jesus was risen. Look what he missed because he missed. But that ain't all. The Bible says in verse 22 that Jesus breathed on them. Is that what your Bible says? Stay with me now. Who did he breathe on? He breathed on the ones that was there. And they received the Holy Ghost. Can I say it? The whole church would have been spirit filled if the whole church had been there. But there's always that one. And so they received the Holy Ghost. I know we're not in Acts 2 yet. I'm just reading the Bible. It's in the Bible. He he breathed on them and they received the Holy Ghost before Acts 2. Don't argue with me. I just read it to you. Well, except for Thomas. Because he wasn't there. Which is why he was so carnal when they said, we've seen the Lord. And he says, y'all are all liars. Basically. You're all liars. Thomas, you missed it. I didn't miss nothing. He didn't show up. He didn't come. He's not there. I don't believe it. Well, that's what happens when when you miss. You kick into denial mode. I didn't miss anything. Oh, yeah, you did. He breathed on every one of them and says in verse number 21, as my father hath sent me, even so send I you. Imagine missing that. How many preachers have preached that in missions conferences around the world? How many times has that been a theme for a missions conference? The song, so send I you, is in the songbook. All of them that was there heard Jesus say it with his own lips. But Thomas, who had something more important to do, missed it. He missed a whole week of confirmation. He lived, stay with me, he lived for a whole week thinking Jesus was in the grave when he didn't have to. Because after eight days, verse 26, again his disciples were within and Thomas with them. And I believe he came to church with an attitude problem. I'm coming this week just to show y'all that you can lay out and not miss anything. And Jesus walks up to him and says, hey boy, 
Heard you've been talking about me behind my back. Go ahead. Put your fingers, put your fingers in my, in my hand. Thrust your hand in my side. Go ahead. Jesus knew what he said when Jesus wasn't there to hear it. And old Thomas just fell on the ground. My Lord and my God. I imagine he was right now, he's kicking himself that he had missed. I wonder tonight with heads bowed and eyes closed if you really are interested in what God might do, what God might teach you, what God might show you, what God might have for you. This is the most expensive, one of the most expensive events that we will have this year. We will spend thousands of dollars on love offerings and hotels and food. And many of you that tithe and give will pay for it. But because you're not going to be here, you're going to miss out on it. And I just want to challenge you tonight. Don't miss. If you can be here, if there's any way you can be here, I promise you, you won't walk out the door saying, well, that was a waste of time. I wish I'd have just stuck with my regular routine. I didn't have to come this morning. I didn't have to come tonight. You don't know what God might do. I'm anticipating God doing great things. I'm expecting God to do great things. I'm asking God to show me how to be a better Christian, how to be a better husband, how to be a better daddy, how to be a better pastor. I'm asking God to reprove and rebuke and instruct. I'm asking him to turn the light up, the light on the searchlight on in my life and show the deep, dark, hidden things, the secrets of the heart. I'm asking him to turn me inside out. I want to be as right with God as I know how to be. I want to have God's touch and God's power. I want to see our church go forward. I want to see these pews filled. I want to see every church member full of the Holy Spirit with a vision and a burden for the lost and for the world.